Are you interested in an MBA program located in Europe with a strong entrepreneurial flavor and also a strong track record of excellence? And would you love to complete your MBA in a little over a year? Then HEC Paris may be just the ticket for you. And today's guest is its MBA admissions director. Welcome to Admission Straight Talk, the podcast dedicated to graduate admissions and helping you approach the application process thoughtfully and successfully. Your host is Accepted's founder and world-renowned admissions guru, Linda Abraham. At Accepted, our mission is to get you to that unforgettable moment when you read your acceptance email and shout, yes, I'm in, confident you'll be attending the perfect program to help you launch the career of your dreams. Welcome to the 470th episode of Admission Straight Talk. Thanks for listening. Are you ready to apply to your dream MBA program? Are you competitive at your target programs? Accepted's MBA admissions quiz can give you a quick reality check. Just go to accepted.com slash MBA quiz, complete the quiz, and you'll not only get an assessment, but tips on how to improve your qualifications. And it's all free. Again, use the calculator at accepted.com slash MBA quiz to obtain your complimentary assessment. It gives me great pleasure to have for the first time at Admissions Straight Talk, Benoit Bancherol. Benoit is the Executive Director of Marketing and Admissions at HCC Paris' MBA programs. He earned two master's degrees from the Sorbonne in Paris, one in bilingual journalism and the other in media and communications. He also participated in INSEAD's international marketing program. He has worked in communications and marketing for companies like A.T. Kearney, Standard & Poor's, and Freshfields, Brookhouse, Derringer, before joining HEC in 2015 as Director of Marketing and Missions. In 2019, he became the Executive Director of Marketing and Missions for all of HEC Paris's MBA programs. Benoit, welcome to Admissions Straight Talk. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you, Linda. Bonjour à tous. In French, as we would say. <laughs> okay, thank you. I'll start learning it. Um, I'd like to start with a few general questions about HEC Paris and then get more specific and focused on admissions for the full-time MBA program. Can you start by giving us an overview of HEC's three MBA programs? Yes, sure. So we have, um, so what I'm doing, you, you, uh, you, you did well in the presentation and uh, just uh, to, to mention that I was a, um, uh, my job was covering actually um, not only the full-time MBA, but also the executive MBA and uh, the partnership also that we have uh, uh, with two other schools with uh, another executive MBA. So first of all, yes, we have, um, uh, we have an MBA, a full-time MBA um, that uh, takes place on the campus of uh, Jouy-en-Josas, uh, the campus of HSC Paris. And, uh, and it's a 16-month program that you do uh, on-site. Uh, so probably later on, I'll, I'll be able to, to tell you more about, uh, about the program and how it's, uh, it's built. For the executive MBA, it's, um, it's a between 15 and 18 month program um, that concerns actually um, uh, people who are generally above, above uh, 35. And uh, it's a part-time MBA. We have uh, five uh, flexible options to, uh, to take. So we have some uh, modular uh, intakes and, uh, and also uh, some end-of-the-week intakes. And, uh, and we, we have also a, a bilingual intake, French and, um, and English. And also a last one uh, that is taking place in Qatar because we have a, an office in Qatar and uh, in the Middle East. And this program is, uh, is actually um, uh, very highly ranked in the FT since uh, it's, uh, it's got the number one place. So for the moment, so far, so good. But, uh, you know, you never stay uh, too long at, uh, at the, first, uh, the first place. And, uh, and, ev and eventually we have the Trium Executive MBA. It's a partnership with, uh, the NYU, with NYU and, um, and uh, LSE, uh, London School of Economics. Uh, that we're having. So it's a very special offer, uh, very international. And this gives you actually the opportunity to belong to uh, the three alumni communities for, from HSC, uh, from NYU, and from uh, LSE. And is that a, a full-time program or a part-time program? The it's, program? A part, it's, it's a part-time program as well. Also uh, aimed at the executive market? Yes, uh, exactly mm -hmm. the same uh, same target. It's just um, in terms of a, a you know a, a population, it's uh, it's more expensive <laughs> than our executive MBA uh, at HSC, 
but uh, it really uh, gives a very special offer. There's uh, usually between the 50 and 60 participants, so it's a very small cohort, um, uh, very specific with people who try to uh, to, to get um, uh, an international uh, perspective and uh, uh, with this alliance uh, between HEC, NYU and LSE uh, at, uh, at the time uh, in the world when we see that the, uh, the international uh, relations are so important, uh, it gives a, a very interesting approach, especially with our uh, friends from, uh, from LSE who can actually bring this uh, to the students. Wonderful. Thank you. Um, I actually visited uh, HGC's campus so about 10 years ago. There was a conference for consultants, and I was invited to participate in it. And it was, A, it's a beautiful campus. I thoroughly enjoyed the visit. And uh, it's, it's quite an opportunity to study there. There's no question in my mind. Oh, yes. <laughs> I wish I had the opportunity to, to study there. <laughs> I mean, this is a really a great place. Right. Now, can you zoom in on the full-time MBA programs, more notable and distinctive elements? Uh, Let's give us an overview of, the, of that program. Yes, of course. So it's, um, well, basically uh, you, what you're going to get uh, from the, uh, the full-time MBA, it's uh, the, uh, the courses, the quality of the courses that we, we provide with, uh, uh, with top uh, professors. Uh, so this is really what, uh, what is interesting. Uh, first of all, uh, when you get access, uh, you're admitted to, uh, to this uh, MBA. Uh, and then uh, the way that it's, uh, it's uh, structured, uh, we have a fundamental phase, first of all, that lasts uh, eight months. And uh, then it's followed by um, a customized uh, phase that lasts also eight months. Uh, so it could be an international exchange, it could be a specialization, it could be actually uh, many things. It's uh, really à la carte. Uh, like you say, you know, on the menu, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and 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 which is actually uh, very appreciated by the um, uh, the participants because you can you can really uh, design uh, your own way of doing uh, this uh, this MBA. Of course, the the, the first part that is uh, the fundamental phase is it's compulsory for everyone. You can't actually choose uh, corporate finance or not, uh, marketing or not, <laughs> operations or not. But this is uh, this is really um, you know appreciated uh, again. I'm, I'm telling you this by the, the participants. And um, what is also liked by uh, by your participants, it's um, the, what we're trying to uh, to introduce during the MBA. It's um, the learning by doing. We are really really careful uh, about that because uh, you know you can you can attend a lot of us. Uh, conferences a lot of speeches about leadership and 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 you you would probably enjoy it and yeah. uh very much uh, but at the same time it doesn't mean that you you will be able to do it i mean you, you have been inspired but are you able really to demonstrate on the ground that uh, you you can apply what you have learned uh, and this is really what, what, what it's about uh, so there are many elements during the um, the full-time MBA where you have the possibility of um, of showing that you can learn by uh, by doing. You have also some real-time problem-solving uh, workshops and, uh, and and initiatives so that you can actually uh, um, you know discover who you are truly uh, in terms of uh, of leader and where you have to actually on which part you have to work. Uh, to improve your leadership and um, and you discover yourself uh, on that side which is actually uh, also something that is uh, looked after by uh, by the participants and and of course the the, the most the most important thing about this full-time mba is that where are you going to get a job and so so people are coming to do a career transformation and uh, which is actually, you know, I'm not saying that the courses are not important, but uh, your know, courses are important. But really, what really matters is where you're going to land after your, your MBA, what kind of job you're going to find, are you going to achieve uh, this transformation that you're looking after? And this is what we make sure happens. It's this transformation. And, um, and we have what usually uh, we gauge this by um, actually three levels, uh, which is the change of sector, the change of function and the change of, uh, of country. And we have uh, uh, actually 80% of our uh, students who are managing to do two of those uh, three uh, uh, changes and, and 40%, which is actually quite a lot, 
we, uh, we, we do actually what we call the triple jump. And, um, and uh, I'm always amazed to see this because, uh, you know, it really means that you, you have left the job that you had, you have left the country where you were living yeah. and to, to have a better future. And, uh, and actually you getting this future because, uh, you know, 93% of our cohort is uh, finding a job uh, three months after being graduated. Uh, so which is, you know, reassuring that uh, it's, a, it's a good, it's a good program uh, to do. Uh, and where they land is just amazing. And uh, especially knowing that where they start, where they started, and, and then after where they land, I mean, this is a very, very big transformation that they can, they can do. That's great. Now, one of the things I think it's almost surprising in, in terms of the transformation that they create is the fact that it is only a 16-month program. What role, and I know you have a September and a January intake. Now, certainly in the United States, the common wisdom is that in order, if you're going to make a career change, whether it's function, industry, both, location, whatever it is, an internship really facilitates that career change. Yes. In a 16-month program, when or do you do an internship? So this is, Linda, this is very interesting because uh, you, your question is, is coming from someone who lives in the U.S. Absolutely. Who thinks that actually 16 months is short. That's right. But, but when, when you actually live in Europe, you have actually uh, a main competitor that is the INSEAD. And right. they are doing everything in 10, in 10 months. So they, it's, it's even shorter. Okay. Uh, so, so, so actually what we're considering is that this is why we have uh, chosen to, uh, uh, to do this, um, this full-time MBA in 16 months is that it's the right time to make this transformation. Because, you know, if, if, you, um, if you want a true transformation for us, it's, it's very hard to do it in 10 months. Uh, you at least, you need those 16 months because you're going to do, like you said, um, an internship. So it could be actually a summer uh, internship uh, or it could be uh, right after the, the, the phases that I was uh, mentioning uh, before and before graduated. Uh, you can actually find some room uh, before the, the, the graduation to do actually uh, an internship also at that time. And while you, you are doing actually the fundamental phase and while you are doing the specialization phase, of course, you are following a curriculum from day one, a career curriculum. So you are in contact with our uh, uh, staff in the career center and, uh, and they're trying really to, uh, to find and to help you to find actually uh, what you're going to do and, uh, and what you want to achieve. So it really means that you need to, to know exactly where you, you want to go. You need to know yourself also, and then you need to match the two, to match yourself with uh, actually your expectation and the market to see exactly what you can do. And when you do this, then you can actually see if you need an internship to, uh, to achieve this. It's not actually compulsory. Uh, sometimes, uh, even though, you know, I think we have uh, about 60% of our participants who are doing an internship, but it means that 40% of them are not yeah, That's doing. exactly what I was thinking. And, and, and they get actually great jobs. So, right. so, so, so it's not actually, you know, uh, an obligation to do an internship to get the right job. It helps on many, um, many aspects for some jobs like uh, consulting. If you want to join a consulting firm, of course, uh, this is actually something that is going to help you to join uh, a consulting firm. But for some other jobs, actually, you, you don't need an internship. You can actually go straight away to, uh, to where you want to go. Okay, great. Thank you. That's a very thorough answer. Wonderful. Now, English, as I understand, is a language of instruction at, at HEC. Other than a knowledge of English, are there language requirements? Yes, actually, uh, and that's a big requirement. You need to do three languages during your, your MBA. So it means that if you're American, so obviously you speak English, so this is actually a good thing. Uh, but then you will have actually to, um, to do two other languages. So we recommend to do French uh, because you will be living during 16 months in, the, in a country. And it's, uh, it's actually great to know how to speak and to interact uh, with the locals and Paris uh, when you're going to ask for a coffee, when you're going to, uh, you know, to, to try to find your way. So, so we don't expect you in the end to be black belt in, a, in French because it's a, it's a difficult language 
And uh, but at least uh, you, I mean, you will pass the test that shows that you you know how to uh, to uh, express yourself in French, and then you can find actually another language. So um, so it could be you know most of our participants they uh, they have already uh, a mother tongue uh, language, then right. they know how to speak English, and then they, they only learn French. This is the third language that they they have to learn. But uh, but this is actually it. It may seem like a a big constraint. But it's actually uh, it's actually great. People are enjoying this uh, on campus because they are learning, um, you know, new cultures. And and since they are actually mixed, I mean, the diversity of our class is uh, is is so big. Uh, so the, this helps a lot actually when you uh, when you do this. I'm sure, and it's it's. I mean, uh, I did a year abroad when I was in college, and obviously I picked up not obviously, but I worked hard to pick up the language of the country, of the host country. And it, it was tremendously enriching. Oh, yes. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm a you know, typical American with limited uh, foreign language abilities, but my parents were multilingual and both of them. And, uh, you know, it makes an enormous difference. Yes. And, uh, you know, you know European. What? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's uh, knowing actually another language because you know, I'm I'm telling you, uh, you know, this, uh, and I insist on on those, um, you know, language aspects. Our full time MBA is so diverse that uh, we we have only, I mean, concretely in the uh, in the MBA, we have only six percent of French uh, in the MBA. So this is a big difference uh, compared oh, yes. to the US. Because, oh, yeah. uh, you know, from all my friends, uh, we did um, a great MBA in the US, in the, even in the, in, in, in the most uh, prominent schools uh, like Harvard, Wharton or Stanford. They all told me that it was already huge to have 20% of international people in the class. So which was actually uh, great uh, at that time. And, uh, and, but most of the cohorts actually were, was actually coming from the States. And sometimes it's, uh, it's difficult because you have a, uh, you know, a leading population over uh, only uh, some representatives of, uh, of some countries. But yeah. at HSC, and I think it's the same with our main competitors, the INSEAD, you know, it's quite well balanced in terms of uh, region. Uh, for instance, um, what I can tell you is that uh, the way that it's spread uh, our population, uh, we have 20, uh, the, the latest figures, huh? uh, we have uh, 24% coming from North America and Latin America. Uh, we have only 19% coming from Europe. That's, that's surprising, uh, yeah. That's surprising. Uh, and we have 11% coming from Africa and Middle East. And we have 46% coming from Asia and Oceania. So mm. I would say that um, the most prominent and largest population is coming from India. There's probably 20-21% uh, of, of Indian uh, participants and the rest, it's a, a, a lot of, um, of people coming from all different uh, countries. Um, China is important, but not you know, so important in terms of uh, number. So the good thing is that you you are truly mixed uh, with. There's not like a leading you know uh, population uh, overrepresented, for instance, in the class. And mm -hmm. and you, you need to find your way, and you need to understand the specificity of um, of one country, and you find this in the language actually, because you discovered really the specificities of people and their countries in the language. So when you learn a new language. It's a way, actually, to understand why people are behaving like this uh, and not like you. Right. It's also, I think, languages, at least I've, I've read it, I believe it, that languages train you to think in a certain way, in certain categories. Languages categor categorize reality in specific ways. And so when you learn a new language, you're also learning a different way intrinsically of, of looking at the world. Exactly. And life. Yes. And you know, the, the other day uh, there was um, there was someone actually uh, uh, asking me, but uh, wh why is it so diverse, Tashose? And uh, and I was saying that it's actually a chance for participants, but it's also a challenge for participants. Oh, absolutely! Be because when you are uh, concretely doing an exercise, a strategy exercise, uh, and in your team uh, you have ten people by team, and and then you have someone coming from France, from Russia. 
from the States, from India, from uh, China, uh, from um, South Africa, uh, and, and someone from Germany. And, and then all the stereotypes uh, that you can have in mind, uh, you know, from all these countries, th they are true. And, and, and when you have to make a decision, when you have to decide, when you have to make sure that everyone is contributing, doing actually their, their part, this is a real challenge because yeah. the notion of time is very different from, from everyone. Uh, you know, the notion of a, a rigor is very different also from everyone. It doesn't mean that they, they are not reaching the same conclusion in the end. But there's actually different paths that lead to, uh, to the conclusion. And, and this, is, this is a real challenge. And if in the end you are working in another environment, you know, because everybody's working actually abroad from their countries, if you are working in an international company, you will be faced, facing these kind of challenges. And it's hard. And, and you need to be patient. You need to understand. And, and you need to move on. And, uh, and that's actually, uh, you know, something that, that, that is really in the uh, DNA of, uh, of this full-time MBA because of the diversity uh, that we find here. There's also this diversity, and there's one element that 94% of your students have in common, and that is they're all doing this in a, in a non-native setting. Exactly. So exactly. So, yeah. And I say, and I'm, I'm, I'm always amazed. You know, yeah. uh, and again, when I, when I, you know, I told you this uh, earlier, but uh, you know, now I'm I'm getting old, and uh, <laughs> and but but I, I just try to remember me when I was 25 or 30 years old. It's 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 a big thing to quit your job, and uh, and to to travel all over the world to one one place. Uh, that is uh, that is Paris, and then you're going to do something you know completely new. You're hoping for a better future, and you're going to be mixed uh, with some people that you have no idea of. But the beauty of it is that they're going to unleash also some uh, some strength and some opportunities that are actually just amazing because they, they everyone is a door actually to another universe and something that you were not aware of you you, you were living in your, uh, where you were living and you thought that the world was like this and suddenly you discover that uh, uh, there's so many jobs that you didn't have in mind and uh, and they were great and and they and and, and you are inspired by uh, uh, actually the people who are uh, you know around you in your cohort and um, and that's a richness truly absolutely and that's one of the beauties of an international experience if you're in the midst of MBA applications, then you may appreciate an easy way to sort and keep track of your many resumes, letters, and documents. With the help of Interfolio, used by 1 million scholars worldwide, you can have a single home for all your application materials and a streamlined way to request and receive letters of recommendation. Receive 10% off with the promo code ACCEPTED22 at interfolio.com accepted. That's interfolio.com accepted with the promo code accepted 22 for your 10% off. And now back to the show. Let's yes. turn to the application. Now, sure. HEC requires a GMAT or the GRE. Are there any plans to accept the executive assessment or other tests? Are you considering introducing test waivers? So there's two, uh, two different situations. For the executive MBA, uh, the GMAT and the, the GRE are not compulsory. Oh, you right. can do an executive uh, assessment. Mm -hmm. um, if you don't do it, we, we have our own test uh, that, uh, that we, we do during the interviews. Uh, but this, this is very specific for the, um, the executive uh, MBA. When we're talking about the full-time MBA, we need uh, actually to, uh, to rely and, uh, on, on those tests and uh, to follow also the requirements that are necessary to, uh, to make sure that uh, we are recognized internationally okay. and that uh, we are recruiting on actually with the same tools that all the other business schools in the same range are using. And I think it's, it's quite important that we, we do that because after uh, we do our own selection, uh, and this is very specific uh, from one business school to, uh, to another, but at least... We're starting from the, the same basis, from the same elements to make our judgment and to reach a conclusion. 
so here at HSC, uh, we, we we don't do waivers. Uh, we are, I mean, if you really want to uh, to join us and, uh, and do your full time MBA, uh, you need to sit for the GMAT or you need to sit for the GRE. We are, we don't discriminate. Um, you know, if if there's not actually one test better than the other, if you feel more comfortable or you have already passed. Uh, a test that is, for instance, the GRE, it's okay with us. We know how to gauge uh, the GRE. We know how to gauge uh, the quality of, uh, of people. And um, during the COVID, uh, we had, uh, because, you know, the, the test centers uh, were closed and, uh, and before ETS and the GMAC decided to, to do the, their test online, uh, there was actually a, a period of time uh, that when actually we were we were blind. Uh, we, we didn't have actually any, 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 any test. And so we, what we, because we were actually quite also confident on our recruitment uh, with the time, we have decided to, to say, it's okay. We can actually give you an answer whether you will be admitted or not without the test. And we will not go back uh, on this. But before you arrive on campus, when the test centers will be open, we expect from you to pass the test and if it's not only to do it actually for us it's also to do it for you because uh, during your career journey uh, especially if you want to do uh, consulting or if you want to work in finance uh, the recruiters are going to ask well, by the way what was your GMAT or what was your, your GRE so you need to have this ready anyway so this is why uh, we we had this um, time of tolerance and uh, and we said we are we are ready to, to tell you if you are admitted or not without the test, but you need to take the test in the end before arriving. And this is what happened actually during the COVID. But uh, now we are back to, to a normal situation, I would say, uh, uh, for the moment. And, um, and we're asking uh, one, of the, uh, one of the tests. Okay. Now your class profile for the class that of graduating in 2022, I guess, shows that the students have an average GMAT of 690 held from 50 countries, and that only 18.9% of applicants were accepted. So, you know, 81% were rejected. Um, what do you look for besides stats? Honestly, I mean, we are lucky because we have, a, a, you know, bright people who are knocking on our door, and in the end, they have a great GMAT or a great GRE. So that's actually, uh, we're lucky uh, with this. But we know that... Um, we, you have a different situation where you're going to have some people who have a, a lower GMAT with great CVs. Right. And, uh, and you, you could explain this by different, uh, different ways, actually. It depends on the region, it depends on the countries, uh, depends on the, uh, this um, uh, facility to do those kind of tests, like it's run by the GMAT or, or, the, or, or the GRE. So the thing is... Um, we're still recruiting some people with, um, you know, I think the probably it's a 590 or 600 uh, uh, GMAT, just to give you uh, an idea. And, and sometimes it's uh, whether uh, it's, like I said, something that is cultural, it could be explained uh, this way. And sometimes it's also some people who are overwhelmed uh, by their, their job. And, um, and they're trying to prepare it, but uh, obviously it was, it was not enough. So sometimes we ask some people to retake the GMAT uh, because uh, you know, here we think that they, they could have done actually much better. But sometimes also we, we see that um, uh, we're already uh, blown away by the, the CV and the, the quality of the essays uh, that we have seen. And we, and, and, and we can have actually this information that it's someone, for instance, who's traveling a lot, who has a, a lot of difficulties to prepare uh, the, the test, and we can actually uh, be very tolerant uh, on that side. So it's not like you have to, to have a 690 uh, uh, GMAT uh, to get in, uh, but, it's a, but it's a mix because we have, of course, a 690 GMAT, uh, it's an average, uh, and, uh, and it means that we have uh, 780 uh, uh, GMAT uh, with us, uh, but we have also sometimes uh, the, the 600 uh, GMAT, and, and it's fine uh, with us. We are not, it's not uh, sacred. It's not something that is actually, uh, because also we need to take into account what you were doing. For instance, if you were 
a professional pianist because it can happen if you were i don't know a doctor if you were you know working in a very specific industry we had someone recently uh was working in this in the in a circus uh in canada and uh, uh and uh, and that was actually her passion and uh and but she she had actually she had done a great studies uh before you know turning to uh, the, the circus area and of course it she, she was not ready to take again you know the those those tests and to have a great uh, result and so for us it was not something that was discriminative to uh, to to reject uh, someone just because the the gmat or the gre was a little bit low uh, but we, we take into consideration also the quality of your studies, your bachelor uh, or your master and uh, where you did it and uh, how you, you performed uh, at that time. For us, this is actually, I would say, the very important side in our uh, decision to pre-select you or not. It's actually, um, you know, the, the addition of all these elements uh, that makes the difference and not so much uh, the results of the test. Honestly, what makes for a great CV? Well, the great CV is probably where you see the potential because, you know, you're betting, you're betting right. on someone. You're investing uh, in someone. Yeah. You, yeah. I mean, the, 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 the participants are investing, of course, uh, on themselves uh, because uh, they want to have a, a better future and a, a better job. And they want to, most of the time, an acceleration in their career. And, and this is actually the true acceleration because most of the time, I would say that you have a normal path that is um, good studies, a good job uh, during five years. And then you, you can actually suspect that, uh, you know, there's not enough action. Uh, there's not, uh, you know, it's, it's the same all the time. Checking and, uh, the boxes. Yeah. And, and it's been actually five years and it's been already too long. So, mm -hmm. so you have actually, you really see those candidates who say, okay, well, I need to do something now just to, to accelerate, to stand out uh, from the crowd. And, uh, and this is uh, really the, the, the reason why uh, they want to, to do um, you know, something else or to, to have a better position after the, the, the full-time MBA. But I would say that for us, the great CV is that it's when you, 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 you can feel that there's a, a strong ambition, strong motivation, uh, the reasons also behind it, not only, uh, you know, I want to make money, I want to make a lot of money. I mean, this is not enough. Uh, we can understand that uh, it's great to make money, but, you know, participants, I mean, the, the candidates need to show us uh, that, uh, you know, there's a real ambition behind it and we can read it in the CV already. So it's not only in the essay that you express this. I mean, you, your CV talks also for you, uh, for yourself. For sure. For sure. Great answer. Thank you. I'll tell you what, let's, let's turn to the essays since you just mentioned them. HEC has five required essays and, and one optional. The essays cover a broad array of topics. Mm -hmm. What do you want to learn? Uh, first of all, are you, are you planning to keep five and one optional next, next cycle? And what do you want to learn from the essays? Compared to the other business schools, maybe we're asking uh, too many essays, but uh, we are French and we are uh, the country <laughs> of literature, of great literature, like in the US. And, uh, and, and maybe we, we just, it's, it's a way for, for us really to see uh, the coherence in the different essays. So this is probably why there's so many. Uh, we never question. I actually remember, I think there was a time when you had nine. I mean, yeah, probably. Okay, but I might have been be, out actually. But yeah, but you, I, would, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised because right. uh, one of the thing when you recruit uh, someone and you haven't you haven't met actually this person. Good. So most of the time we meet uh, the candidates before they actually apply. Uh, but when you you don't know a person, you you really need to see if actually it's not only one speech. It's if all the speeches repeatedly are coherent in some ways. And uh, so this is probably why we have so many essays. The last essay, the optional one that we actually recently introduced, it's mainly to cover something that uh, maybe it will sound to you uh, uh, weird, but 
In France, uh, when we, we speak about diversity, it's not like in the US, in your application form, we're not going to ask you if you are Caucasian, if you are Latino, if you are Afro-American, if you have, a, you know, we, we're not, I mean, in France, you don't ask those questions because it's the land of equality. So, I mean, so it would mean that uh, you would have to, to do a specific work to improve the equality that is actually on paper uh, guaranteed to everyone. So when we want to, um, to, to, to talk about diversity, what we do, and this is why we introduced uh, this, um, this optional uh, essay, it's for us to provide a, a space where you can tell us actually what is your difference. And it, so it could be anything. It could be uh, uh, you, you belong to the LGBT uh, community. Um, you are actually gifted by uh, you know, a skill that is to play uh, by the ear, for instance, an instrument. You never learn uh, um, you know, how to, to play uh, uh, the music. It can be actually that you, have, uh, uh, you had um, a, a, an extraordinary experience to tell us. Uh, and this is for us. This is diversity. So it's it's everything. And mm -hmm. and since since it was impossible actually to put a box and say okay, tick the box here to just to show us your diversity, uh, you know, anyone can come with anything, uh, and so that it, it is actually taken into account in our way to uh, to assess uh, because you we will we will see if you have a specific uh, difference, if you have a specific gift, if you have anything that is specific and you can tell it's free, it's, this is your space, you know, just stand out. And, uh, and this is why we, uh, we introduced uh, this uh, FIFA say. Thank you. What happens to applications after the applicant hits submit? How was their application processed and evaluated? Well, first of all, this is what, what I told you earlier. For us, it's very important that we meet the future applicants. So we have, we have in place a great team who travels all over the world to meet uh, the future applicants because we want to know them before they apply. It is very important uh, for us. So I'm, I'm stressing this because this is very a specificity. We take the time, we invest a lot of money in this, uh, and the people that the future applicants are going to meet are just amazing. I mean, we have chosen those people because they are amazing. They, what about they want, meeting over Zoom? Do you do want, that too? So it works also over Zoom, <laughs> but in, in person. And we have resumed uh, travels, by the way. Uh, so, so we are very happy uh, about that. And you can bet that the team is very happy about that also because we're going to, to meet again the future applicants. We're going to meet them in their countries. We're going to organize meetings with alumni uh, we live there. Uh, we're going to uh, to organize all sorts of things when we're traveling like this, and this this is what makes actually a difference first, because you get to know truly HSC not only by the people who are advisors and who present the great program, of course, but also from the people who did the program, and it's very important in your decision. So this is why we do this, and then if you feel comfortable. If you really, you have been inspired by everyone that you have met, then you apply uh, to HSC. So what is happening after you eat, uh, you know, the, the button, uh, this is it, I finished my application. Uh, we are doing actually something that is exceptional on the market. We are able to tell you in about a month whether you'll be admitted or not. Well, so that is trust, me, trust me, it's a challenge. It's a challenge because for the team, especially because every month the race is starting again. So you finish the jury and then you are already trying to process the next actually uh, month uh, jury that is going to happen in four weeks or five weeks. So that's actually a big challenge. It's a challenge also for the people who applied because it means that for us, it's to pre-select or not the people who applied. Then when we, we do the pre-selection, then we're going to organize 
the interviews. And the interviews are, uh, it's a bit special also uh, from Europe and from, uh, from HSC. We rely a lot on our alumni. And, uh, and this is the alumni who are going to do the interviews. So there will be two interviews uh, with two alumni. Uh, usually it's an alumnus that lives near uh, you know, where the applicant is, uh, is living. Uh, we used to encourage to do this in person. And uh, since the COVID, of course, we moved to a Zoom interview, even though uh, you were living just uh, two blocks away from, uh, uh, from the applicants. It's a shame, but it was by Zoom. More and more, we're going to resume uh, those interviews, in-person interviews, because it's, it's well appreciated by, uh, on both sides. And why, we are, why are we actually uh, uh, trusting our alumni uh, community? It's because there's one thing that we can't really define by words. It's the culture, the, the, the HEC Paris full-time MBA culture. I will not be able to tell you myself in words what it is. And no one would be able to do that, except that if you ask, if you ask the alumni community, they won't be able to tell you, but if they meet someone, during the interview, they will be able to say, yes, you know, this guy belongs to our community. This is for sure. So we are willing to, to, tell, uh, to tell the jury that we had actually this feeling that was a cultural feeling, a cultural fit, uh, that this candidate could be a future participant. Right. Well, what's the most common mistake you see applicants making in the application process? I know that it would be actually easy to, uh, you know, to, to, to answer this, uh, this question, but it's, it's actually more complicated because we, we, are, we are seeing so many, uh, uh, so many mistakes. Like, but it, but, but, but it's, How it's, much time do we have, huh? But, 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 but it's, it's, it's uh, you know, it's common mistake. Like, uh, you know, sometimes you have someone who actually thought that uh, at sent uh, um, this, uh, this application form to the INSEAD and actually sent it to HSC. So you have everything where you have actually the right. INSEAD right. Uh, everywhere. Uh, and, um, and, but, you know, it doesn't mean that we reject uh, this because we can take into consideration the fact that we understand, we know how it works. Uh, but of course, it doesn't show a good sign at first, you know, when you see this because you're a bit upset. You are, you, you, you are working with HSC and, uh, and that's better. Uh, yeah, this is something that we can re, uh, reconsider, but I'm telling you this because it's very important to, uh, to tell uh, your audience and uh, the future participants uh, to an MBA and we hope at, uh, at HSC uh, that it's very important. Every detail counts. Every detail counts. I mean, if, and, but we can understand sometimes that if there's a mistake in your CV, uh, uh, you know, in the spelling mistake. Uh, but, but normally, we, sh we, shouldn't, we shouldn't see these kind of mistakes because what we expect from uh, the future participants, it's actually this capacity to, fo to be focused and, uh, and to, uh, to be rigorous. And, um, and, uh, and really to mean everything and to, to, be, to be aware of all the details. So basically, this is what we see, you know, 95% of the time, it's actually perfect application, uh, no mistakes uh, like this. Uh, and even when we spot actually a mistake, I'm telling you, it really depends on um, you know uh, the day that it happened, if we are actually in the good day or the <laughs> bad day, but, but but you know you know it it can be we can be uh, we can be nice, um, but there's no there's no like uh, good answers for instance in the essay or uh, wrong answers, but you know when we had that um, very recently, uh, I think we have one essay one essay that uh, actually is asking what is your uh, um, inspiring figure, uh, you know, uh, who has been, uh, and, and someone recently, someone who had actually an excellent GMAT, someone who had an excellent path, a career path, who actually said, I think that Hitler was actually a great leader, and I'm going to explain to you why he was a great leader. And even though you see that 
the, the person chose uh, by provocation uh, this leader, um, it doesn't show a, a very good um, judgment. Yeah, a very good judgment. It's and and it tells actually something about your personality as well, you know. Um, and so trying to be smart when actually it doesn't work. And so, but you see, that's I would say that's the kind of mistake. Uh, even though it's well written, uh, that you you should avoid because even though we have a lot of humor, uh, there's actually some uh, some aspect that uh, you know we 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 don't laugh uh, at all uh, when we see okay. this. I'm sure. Now, HSC's final deadline for the September intake is very quickly approaching. This show will air on May 17th. That deadline is June 1st. What advice do you have for applicants polishing their application and aiming for that deadline? And are seats still available? Or do you anticipate they will be available by May 17th? Should people just aim for the January intake? Yes, it's a, a, we, we still have actually some, uh, some seats. But uh, honestly, I mean, this, we're, we're reaching the end of, uh, of uh, the recruitment. Uh, so the fact that we are, you know, we, we, there's still a chance to get in means that you have a real chance to get in. Otherwise, we close, uh, you know, we could have closed, uh, but uh, we decided to go until the last uh, deadline that is in, in June. And uh, so if it's still open, it means that you have a chance uh, to get in. And especially if you're coming from uh, uh, Europe or close countries uh, from France, and you won't have any difficulties with your visa, this is actually still possible. If you are coming from actually a very remote country and you know that it will take some time to get the visa, uh, et cetera, it might be a challenge. And sometimes we say, okay, don't take the risk. I mean, you are willing, of course, to take the risk, but don't take the, the, the risk. You can actually target uh, January uh, 2023 uh, 20, uh, instead of uh, the September 2022. Uh, 20, uh, it's only uh, four months uh, away uh, from September. I mean, it's not a big deal. But if you have actually a better chance to arrive uh, safely with actually all the documents that is required and that you get your visa, it's probably a better option. I just have one more question for you. Is there anything you would have liked me to ask you? Anything you'd like to address? Maybe uh, when you didn't ask anything about diversity, but I covered uh, uh, this uh, earlier. There's one, um, I mean, there's two things. Go ahead. I would say that uh, when, when, when you're talking about HEC, uh, HEC Paris, you think that actually it's in Paris, but our campus is not in Paris. It's just it's outside actually, Paris. This is a beautiful, beautiful location. It's 15 kilometers, so it's very mm. easy actually to uh, to commute and to get to uh, to Paris. The the thing is, um, uh, this is an amazing opportunity to have uh, a campus like this one because I have visited actually many business schools, and um, and this one is a truly residential uh, campus. So it's a residential MBA. You can actually have your room. You're going to make the most uh, uh, by actually living uh, with, um, with your cohort uh, all the time together, make strong uh, ties uh, with, uh, with each other. And this is actually something that is just amazing. I know that uh, the participants, the, the, the MBA participants are looking for this because they are looking for the courses, they are looking for, of course, uh, to have the MBA in the end. But what, what will remain is actually the fact that you're going to meet um, some people who are going to be your friends uh, until the end of your life, Tr truly. And because the reason why it's not actually, it's a bit different from where you were doing a bachelor. When you were doing a bachelor, you were not aware that the network was so important and you probably had a couple of friends, uh, but that was it. And but this time you're coming back to school, you're coming back on the, on, on the campus, and now you know that the network is key and people are coming from all over the world, great situation, a great career, uh, great jobs, and you want actually to have some ties with, uh, with these people and you want to keep that, those ties actually through time. And the only way to do that, genuinely, is actually to spend some time with uh, each other. 
and to live 16 months on campus is just unique. And so I would say that this is one aspect uh, that I, I wanted to mention. The second aspect, which is actually linked uh, to this. And I'm always amazed by stories like that. We, we did actually some stats and we, uh, and we spotted that 20% of our participants are, fi are finding a job thanks to their friends in their cohort. So the, whether the cohort just behind or just after, and it's a huge number. So it means that even though, you know, the career center is providing great opportunities, in the end, you will probably find a job because, and I have so many examples like that. Recently, I had a, a guy, uh, he was uh, coming from Google and, uh, and he became, uh, and he wanted to do consulting like the, uh, you know, everyone who wants to do a, an MBA. And he, he arrived thinking that he was going to do that. And he's meeting actually uh, someone who's becoming actually a great friend. And this person was working at Amazon. And each other, they just realized that actually, you know, the, your, their friend, I mean, the, 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 one had actually the job of the, the dream job that the other, of the other. And they actually helped each other to go to Google and to go to Amazon. And that's, and that's, yeah, and that's actually the kind of stories that you're hearing all the time on campus wow. because people are just helping each other. And the fact that it's a, a relatively small cohort of uh, 300 people, you know, helps to do that because it's still at uh, the right uh, size uh, to have those uh, interactions and to make those genuine uh, connections uh, with each other. Wonderful. All right, Benoit, thank you so much for joining me today. Where can thank listeners you, and potential applicants, candidates, participants learn more about HEC Paris's full-time MBA program or any of its programs for that matter? <laughs> uh, so we can learn more actually on the website. Uh, mm -hmm. you, you'll see there's a, the, the brochure is available. You don't even have actually to leave your uh, email uh, to get it. Everything is available. So we are, we, we, we make it very easy for you to find the information and you can connect with the amazing team that I was talking about. Sounds good. Sounds good. We'll include links in the show notes at exhibit.com slash 470 to HEC's website, as well as to related articles and interviews. They're all linked to at accepted.com slash 470. Quick reminder, don't miss the MBA admissions quiz. Find out if you're really ready to apply and competitive at your target schools. Take the quiz at accepted.com slash MBA quiz. Listener, thank you too for joining Benoit, Ben Chirot, and me for our 470th episode. If you find the show worthwhile, please subscribe. Make sure you don't miss any future shows, be they with admissions directors, professors, current students, test prep pros, or alumni doing great things. You'll find subscribe links at exceba.com slash 470 or lovethepodcast.com slash AST as an admissions straight talk. Thanks again for coming. This is Admission Straight Talk produced by Accepted, and I am your host, Linda Abraham. I'll talk to you again next week.